It's good to have you guys here this morning and uh, good to be diving in with you. We're in the second week in a series, Lord of All. We launched it last week, Easter Sunday, and uh, launched with a bang there. God doing some great work and just exciting about all that he's been doing with that. And uh, Lord of All, that's the name of the series. Um, it's pretty easy to hear those words and we just kind of walk past them. But Jesus Christ, Lord of All. Everything. That's what we're going to be walking through over these next couple of weeks here is in what ways is he Lord in my life then and what should I be going after? Today specifically is called Lord of my life. And uh, in fact, if you wanted to give it a different title, Lord of my eternal life and all that he's managing for me. And uh, that's who my Lord and Savior is. So turn with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. 1 Corinthians 1. Verses 1 through 9, and we're going to dive in there. We got ushers coming forward. They got Bibles in their hands. If you need one, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you, all right? Just raise your hand. They'll get a Bible to you. 1 Corinthians 1, 1 through 9. What do we have in this Jesus Christ, this Lord of all, and what does he provide for us with eternity in mind? Starts out here at point number one. Established. Uh, Worship your God who initiated, adopted, and unified those who believe in Jesus established. That's what he did for us. He established us. Worship your God who initiated, adopted, and unified those who believe in Jesus. And uh, Paul's starting out here in the book of 1 Corinthians. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you're writing a letter, you set up the things you're going to want to talk about through the rest of the letter, right? And so that's what he's doing here. He's giving us sort of a lay of the land of what he would talk about through the rest of the letter. We're not going to dive into the whole of the letter here, but at least we get some insight as to where he's going, and he gives us some thoughts about the awesomeness of Jesus Christ. So here we go. It says, Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes, for those of you having a child soon, I don't even know what the nickname would be for him, you know? But uh, it says, To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. And uh, Paul, called by the will of God. So this is Paul, the Apostle Paul. This is Paul, the one who was called Saul, the one who was crucifying, murdering, punishing, stoning, anything he could do to Christians to take them on and take them out. That guy, except now he's going by the name Paul because he met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. He met this Jesus Christ in a very unique relationship, and in fact, he describes it right after it. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle. Called by the will of God. This wasn't one of those things where Paul just decided all on his own. And uh, we need to keep this in mind, man. As we come to trust Christ, there's the work God is doing and the work we're doing. And uh, we're going to talk about one of those verses that clearly defines that later on in Philippians chapter 2. But I'm telling you, God's doing a work in us, doing some drawing, and then we're doing some responding. And uh, so, yeah, there's two sides to it. And uh, God's work and our work. And uh, everybody say, that's a big deal. See, otherwise, we start thinking we're all awesome because, man, did we make an awesome move all by ourselves. And we're missing that called is the work of God. Called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, to be an apostle. And uh, just so you know, this is a title that was given to a very unique 
set of people. Originally, there were 12, right? And then we had Judas who kind of defected out, and they replaced him. So there was now 13 in total. And then after it, Paul who came along and meeting Jesus Christ. One of the rules to be an apostle was you had to have met and walked with Christ. Okay? It's a big deal. Everybody say, that's a big deal. And so we're talking personally in his presence, very unique experience with Christ, something huge going on. And those unique 14 individuals were called apostles, all right? And uh, so this is not something we see today. There are gifts of apostleship, like the ability to start a church and launch churches, and that's great, but that is very different than the authority of apostle. See, apostles could grab a pen and write a letter, and it became the Bible, right? And uh, that's not for you and me today, and uh, that's a unique crew. It said, called by the will of God to be an apostle. Why is this important? Well, because Paul was going to be doing some challenging pretty soon in the letter, and he's like, let's make this clear, boys. The authority I have by God himself, I met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, and he called me to be an apostle. And uh, so this position I have by God. Everybody just say, by God. Okay, and that's what Paul's saying here. You need to understand that everything I'm going to deliver to you comes through the authority of God Almighty. It says, to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. And our brother, Sosthenes, like he's another guy helping me out in writing this letter. And brother, not in the bloodline, but brother in that he trusts in Jesus Christ, right? And uh, so, it says, to the church of God to the church of God that is in Corinth, to the church owned by God. Not owned by the pastor, not owned by the elders, not owned by the body. See, those are all the structures we try to go after. And uh, everybody say, that's lame. Doesn't get it done, man. And uh, this is not my church. That would be a mistake to say that in a horrible way. The church of God See, when God's calling people and when God's stirring people and when God's healing people and when God's moving in people, it's God's church. And we are all servants of his that he might work mightily in this place. We better keep that square. Humble gets it done. And uh, God Almighty doing an amazing work in this place. That's what we're going after, all right? The church of God, and it says that is in Corinth. That is in Corinth. So this is one of the local churches of God. See, there are local churches, and then there is a universal church, all right? And so the universal church, that's every believer everywhere gathered together. The universal gathering of all churches everywhere. That's an awesome expression of the one body. But then those bodies meet locally where they're at. If you're living in the city of Corinth, in Corinth right? And so there's local expressions. In fact, Hebrews uh, 10, 19 through 25 says, hey, don't forsake the gathering together of that local assembly. Get together where you are, man. Uh, I'm just going to take a moment here. There are a lot of people in the U.S. that want to say, only the universal church. That's all that matters. And so I don't have to go to a local church. I just, I meet with God alone or, uh, or maybe I follow them on the web. I just do some things where I follow different people, and that's good enough for me. And uh, just so you know, that's not God's plan. It is gathering locally. It is gathering together like this and doing some massive celebrating corporately. And why? 
Um, well, partly I can say, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why God decides to work it that way, but here's how he works it. Where when you and I rally together, we literally get more fired up. As God works in the person next to you, you start waking up to God's hand at work in the place. And you start getting awakened to who God is and his strength and his power being revealed. And, and then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit starts moving amongst the place and you get fired up. And all of a sudden, you're going home and you're like, I love going to church today, man. And uh, there's a reason for that. That's because God was at work in the place. And uh, you may have attended a church in your past life, Lord willing, not now. You may have attended a church where God wasn't working in a big way. And why? And uh, you know what? The more we steal from him, the more we call it our church, not his church, the more the thing starts falling apart. All right? And uh, let's just go after calling this place the church of God. And all of God's people said, man, this is his place. And let's be fired up in local gathering together that God might be glorified as he rocks us each and every week, faithful to what he's doing. He says, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those... And now he gives us a couple words, words that are super important about the work that Christ does in us. Sanctified to those sanctified and uh, in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together. Sanctified and called, all right? So let's break them down, the word sanctified. This is a word that actually has two different tenses to the nature of it, all right? Sanctified. In one form, sanctified is a thing that happens, one and done, sanctified, done and over. And in fact, if you look at this word here, it's in the past tense, sanctified, done, okay? And then there's another facet to sanctification, the ongoing process of it, all right? And so there's the one and done of it, and then there's the ongoing of it. And the difference is this, when we trust in Jesus Christ, the moment that we're coming to salvation in Him, God the Father declaring over you as he says, this one is righteous. This one is mine, adopted, child of mine. I will be working in them. I will be bringing in them to fruition what they could never do alone. Holy, set apart, mine, one and done, man. That is locked up, sanctified, past tense, done as we trust in him. Everybody say done sanctified. And then he says, as the angels are looking on and going, that guy? He doesn't seem very sanctified to me. And God's like, watch this. As he starts moving in you and shaping you, his glory pouring over you, you begin to be sanctified, a process that takes place. Sanctification, it goes on as we move from one degree of glory to the next, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. You looking more like Christ over a period of time. He declares it to be true legally, then he makes it true spiritually and physically in you as he begins to change you. Two different facets to sanctification, the one and done and the ongoing process. Praise be to God, he's a part of both. Amen? And a huge hope that we have in him that we're sanctified, past tense, one and done in Christ. He declares it to be true, and then he will make good on his word. And uh, praise God for that. It says, called 
to be saints. Did you know that? This is each and every person, look what it says right after it, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you call upon the name of your Lord Jesus Christ, called to be a saint, you. You can talk to your spouse afterwards and you're like, I told you I was a saint, right? right? Called to be a saint. And a, that's God doing a work in you. And a saint, it doesn't mean you're all that. It doesn't mean you got there alone. It means he is doing something unique in you as he is putting his glory on display. And you are a part of participating in that. Man, there are some churches that teach that there are some that get called saint. Just so you know, Scripture says all. Look what it says. Those who are called to be saints are the ones together with all those, all those, everybody say all those, all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? Every believer, saint. That's what it's saying. And you and me, on a journey to perfection that God is doing in us through his glory. What a huge opportunity we have as he's establishing us. It says both their Lord and ours. I love that. There is one Lord, and uh, there is one Lord. That, that, that's time for a good amen. There is one Lord, and his name is Jesus Christ, all right? There is one Lord. And it's your Lord and my Lord and our Lord and their Lord and those who trust in Jesus Christ, one Lord, okay? And we all together, one body, one Lord Jesus Christ, praise be to God. And uh, all of us following after him, he's got a plan to put his glory on display, established. It says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, two things that get delivered to us. Grace, God pouring on us blessing that we do not deserve. Lavishing it on grace and peace, the end result of a calm in the midst of a storm. Calm because you're leaning on Jesus Christ himself. The result of trust, that's peace. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, please hear me, peace. Not something you muster up by what you do. Peace something given divinely through Jesus Christ as you spend time with him. Philippians 4, huge on how to go after the peace. Peace, it is not based on what you eat. It is not based on the physical postures you put your body in. It is not based on uh, the way you breathe. Those things might calm you down in a moment, but I'm telling you, biblical peace, lasting peace, it is about trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen. man, may we go after him and all that he says. I'm telling you this, when God is at work in the church, there is no mistake in calling it the church of God. When God's doing an amazing thing, you are in awe. And, uh, and last week was one of those weeks around here, just a huge week as God was doing some big things. And why don't we just throw one of the photos up here, the worship photo we got. This is a picture of last week that we had going on just some big worship. We ended up having over 3,100 people in this place. And, uh, also loaded up into another place. And uh, why don't we go to the next photo too. So this is in the midst of the teaching. That's a lot of people, man. God packing this place in so that they could make much of Jesus Christ. And the next photo, uh, we couldn't fit them all in here, so we had to put them in the 309 too. 
And uh, so we had a spilling over into there. And here's the beautiful thing. Can we go back to the worship photo? Let's just keep that up for a sec. In the midst of spending our time worshiping Jesus Christ, making much of him, and uh, if you missed it because you were on vacation, mark your calendars. You want to be with us next year. Just a huge time. It was an awesome time of experiencing Jesus Christ in the room. And as we prayed and worshiped and celebrated and preached, man, lives were changed. We had uh, 30 people come to trust Christ as Savior last week. 30 people. Amen. And uh, huge deal. And that's a couple of kids as well in the kids' ministry and just God doing some amazing work in the place as people saying this, done with me, on with him. May you be Lord in my life. You're in charge. I'm ready to hand it over to you. And uh, we had weeping and a couple different people that came up afterwards and, and uh, just a sweet time. We had one lady that came up afterwards to us and said, I want you to know one thing. I thank God for this place. I thank God that there are people praying and that there are people reaching out. My sister accepted Christ today. Praise be to God. And I'm telling you, it is exciting to see God working soul by soul in this place, the church of God. We got to give it to him and get out of the way. And all of God's people said, humility gets it done, man. We are established. It is his work. And uh, he is doing amazing things, initiating, adopting, and unifying. Simple question. You trust in him? You worshiping him? You saying, okay, Lord, down with the distractions, up with you. It's so easy to get tired, hurt, twisted up in something, and our worship drops. This is what God's doing for you, calling you, challenging you, stirring in you, treating you in an amazing way that we do not deserve. He loves you. Worship your God with all you've got, all right? Number two, second piece of Lord of all and that he does for us, we are enriched, enriched. Thank your God who gives all that is needed to grow you and build this church. Thank your God who gives all that is needed to grow you and build this church. He says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. I give thanks to my God. This is that moment where you're praying and you're appreciating. See, all too often we run to prayer only when we've recognized a need, right? And we run to prayer to go, God, will you please fix this? And what's up with that? And, and, and I'm not good with this. And could you please? And there's nothing wrong with coming to him with those prayers and on our knees trusting in him. But hear me, must be more than that, okay? Thanking him always for the work he's doing in your life. Thanking him. That's where you're saying, that was good. I appreciate that, God. And, uh, right, it's pretty easy to become an expert of what's broken. And we start walking around and we're like, can you believe so-and-so? And can you believe this? And can you believe that? And what about this? And what about that? And all of a sudden, we're the expert in the broken. I'm telling you, thanking. Appreciate you, Lord. I'm amazed in what you did here, God. Just take a moment to take a deep breath and say, thank you. 
you will be amazed at how it changes your spiritual walk. You're no longer a complaining Christian wandering around wishing God made it all different. You're literally trusting Him and thanking Him for each step He leads in. Thank your God. Here he says, I thank my God. Please notice it's not thank others. That's great, and that's a different passage. This one is thanking your God. He's in charge. Thank my God always. How often? Really? You do that? I mean, it's pretty easy to skip past these words, and we're like, yeah, 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 I got it. But seriously, man, always keeping in mind what God's doing that's great and thanking him. And uh, this past week was a tough week for us, and I'll tell a little bit more about it in a little bit, but um, we were down in Tennessee seeing family, and uh, when we went to pray at the breakfast table, uh, we were out at a restaurant, and uh, my brother-in-law was asked to pray, and I loved how he started it. Do you remember this? He said, good morning, God. And uh, just about brought me to tears. All too often we get too ritualistic. This is the way I say it. And he just started out with a sweet statement. Good morning, God. Thanks for what you're doing. And moved from there. Man, thank your God. Have a fresh time of prayer with your God. Maybe it even means just start it a little differently than dear Heavenly Father or whatever. And uh, watch God do an amazing work, all right? I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. The grace, remember those things we get that we don't deserve. Like what? Well, the beauty is he goes on and he explains it. He says uh, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge. In every way, in how many ways? So this isn't just some help. This is all the help they needed, right? In every way, you were enriched. That means made wealthy, lavished on to the point of pouring over, God massively pouring it in. This is what he saw happening with this body in Corinth, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and knowledge, in all speech and knowledge, in all speech, meaning right words, rightly spoken, in the right timing, all speech. Right? Being able to share those things that would be helpful. And man, our mouth can be destructive, horribly destructive. And I just wrote these down. Hey, three ways that God has assigned us to use speech. Three ways to use speech that will honor God. All right? Here we go. All these come out of 1 Thessalonians 5. Uh, inform. To teach. When you're seeing somebody not getting it and you're sitting down with them and you're helping them understand what Scripture says, what God is doing, how God thinks about this thing, to inform. And uh, that's a great way to be using speech. Be careful. Make sure you're invited into that conversation. Okay? And uh, relationship is valuable. And uh, spend some time listening well. They may say, what do you think about that? Am I missing something? That's a great opportunity. They may just be sharing a hurt, and that might be a better time to use your ears, not your lips. You know what I mean? And uh, good listening goes a long way in loving someone, okay? So be careful, but there are times to share out, and when you hear that there's a struggle and they're asking for what's going on and there's some appropriateness to the relationship, to inform or teach, all right? Uh, number two, 
to encourage. There's a discouragement in them. They don't believe. They're doubting. There's some struggle going on to encourage, to say to them things that are truth and lifting them up. Please hear me on this. Encouragement is not giving false hope. It's giving actual hope, right? It's not things you can't control that you're going to now try to will into position, but it's saying the truth of what you know about your God and what's taking place. Be very careful with encouragement. In the name of encouragement, we have devastated more people because we're saying things that actually will not come to be true, and you're setting up false expectation. Be very careful, all right? And uh, inform, encourage, and then the last one, admonish is the word biblically there, Uh, lovingly addressing sin. Please hear that word, lovingly, right? Uh, Lovingly addressing sin, challenging them gently and graciously as you move them forward, lovingly addressing sin. And uh, inform, encourage, and admonish. Just so you know, these are the three things that are shown in 1 Thessalonians to be about biblical counseling. Uh, You can be about it as you're sharing with them hope and understanding and encouragement, and you're actually challenging them to get on the right path as well, all right? Those are great ways to use your mouth. Three terrible ways to use your mouth. Some of you are like, I don't need help there. I got that one. (laughs) Uh, Three terrible ways to use your speech. Ready? Number one, condemn. This is where you point out sin and you leave it with hopelessness. You are horrible. Do you see what you've done? There is no excuse for that. Are you hearing that? It just leaves them devastated. That is not biblical challenge on sin. That is from the pit of hell. To leave someone accused. Hey, isn't that the name of Satan, the accuser? Right? To leave them accused and condemned, pit of hell. Be very careful. Do not use your mouth for the wrong. Uh, Condemning. Number two, complaining. Why in the world is it always so What's God thinking about with? What's wrong with this guy sitting next to me? Do you see how close he is? Why is he not letting me use the armrest? You know there's at least one person that just went. And uh, condemning, complaining. Uh, Third one, deceiving. You know, when we share things that aren't true, hoping to trick them into believing something right? Be very careful how you use your mouth. And uh, we can very subtly be using words to move people to where we want them, and it's control or manipulation. Watch yourself, okay? May God be glorified as we inform, encourage, and admonish. May He be lifted up as we worship Him, all right? And enriched in all knowledge, it says as well. This word here, knowledge, it means a general understanding of all things, God giving you more and more of what you need to know so that you have a proper understanding of what's going on, enriched in all knowledge. And uh, it says, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you. What does that mean? Think about it for a sec. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed among you. This means they were saved and they were growing to be more like him and God's doing an amazing work in them. You'll hear when we baptize people, we say, because of your faith and because of the evidence of God at work in you, right, confirmed, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
That's what we're talking about. There's this confirmation, this work going on, this awesomeness being seen in them as they're growing to be more like Christ. A sweet opportunity to say, thanks, Lord. What a huge victory going on as this testimony of Christ was confirmed among you. And uh, so that you are not lacking in any gift. Did you know that? When God's building the church, the church will not be lacking. When man's building the church, often we will lack. Okay? And so we know pretty well when we're messing it up because all of a sudden we're in dire need and it doesn't seem like God's providing and what's going on and we're probably headed the wrong direction. And uh, listen very well to what God's doing. He will provide into the local body all that's needed. Hear me, that's a message to you. Why has God brought you to this place? It's more than just to get fired up to go home and spend six days kind of on the downtrend so that you can get back and get fired up again. Uh, it's, everybody say it's more than that. It's you serving your God. And it's you reaching out to the ones around you, maybe caring for ones in an impact group you're in. It's, it's taking care of God's people and it's lifting him up in worship. And yes, he's brought you here for a reason. What are your gifts and what are your passions? This church built upon the bringing in of people and firing them up. That's what Jesus Christ is doing in you. And uh, truly it says, not lacking in any gift. In fact, in the original language, it says, not behind in anything. That's what it literally means. It means keeping up with it, man. As God's growing the place and bringing people in, he's bringing things in gift-wise to be able to manage it. God doing an amazing work in his church. As you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. As you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It means he's building his church until Revelation 19 happens. That's what it means. It means that he is in a process of constantly taking the local church, you guys, and firing you up, making you look more like him day by day until that day when he says, all right, get the white horse. And in that moment, angels erupt. There is massive worship, and those who are with him get to mount horses as well, and they come thundering in, him with the tattoo on his thigh that says, King of kings, Lord of lords. One weapon for that journey, the sword that is his mouth. That's what it says, the word of Jesus Christ. It was the beginning of things, it will be the end of things. And Jesus Christ coming in, thundering in as King of kings and Lord of lords, simply saying this, I am revealing that I am here and it is time to put things right for all eternity, perfect in my glory and presence. Praise be to God. Amen. Amen. Waiting for that. Waiting for that. Cannot wait to see you be shown off, Jesus. Cannot wait to see this place righted. Cannot wait to see the sin done. Cannot wait to see the pain gone. Cannot wait to see you on your throne rightly. Cannot wait. And until then, building his church building into you and enriching day by day. That's the plan. Wow. And uh, man, God does amazing things and he rocks our world. And uh, 
Sometimes it's with awesome answers of yes, and sometimes it's with some tough answers of walking us through struggle. And, and um, this past week was a big week for us in many ways, and uh, some ups and some downs. And um, we ended up going to a doctor to uh, chat through an MRI that I got. And uh, we were walking through that MRI with the doctor, and her answer was, well, um, there's nothing. There's no tumor left. It's all gone. That's where we're at right now. Praise be to God. Yeah, amen. And I'll tell you, well, when she said nothing, I'm like, you're looking at a brain scan. You don't mean nothing, nothing. (laughs) But, um, you know, no tumor right now. That's a blessing from God. Praise be to God. It's been a three-year adventure. And uh, you know what? That's where we are in this season. Love what he's doing in that moment. It's been quite the journey. And I cannot even imagine not having walked through that. Hear me, whatever he walks us through, point number two, it's for our growth and for his glory. And we'll walk through whatever you call us through, God. And sometimes there will be awesome in the moment answers of yes, and sometimes there won't. But nonstop, he will grow you and he will be glorified. And that's our job, showing him off, hearing what he has to say. And... uh, So simple question, you in on that? You willing to trust no matter what? You willing to walk through what could be years of struggle? God may answer this side of heaven, he may not, but his glory, you growing, enriched in every way. You ready to trust him? Taking your struggle, putting it at his feet and saying, I'm in, God. You and your glory, enrich in your way. I'm trusting you. That's what it looks like, all right? Number three, insured. Trust in your faithful God who will sustain you to the end. Insured. Trust in your faithful God who will sustain you to the end. He says here, who will sustain you to the end. Gee, I wonder where I got my words. Who will sustain you to the end? Who is this who? Well, it's what comes right before it. Jesus Christ. In fact, it says our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Our Lord. Just say it with me. Our Lord. Man, that's a huge deal. We better get that. It's not just some guy. It's not just some God. It's the Lord of the universe, Jesus Christ, and our Lord. And what is he doing? It says here, who will sustain you to the end? Just so you know, that word sustain um, also is the exact same word. If you look back a few words, it says that uh, the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, okay? It's that same word. It's saying that there was the testimony of Christ confirmed among you, uh, right? So Christ is being confirmed, and now he's turning around and confirming you to the end. That's what it's saying. At first, he's confirmed among them, and now he turns around and is confirming them to the end, guaranteeing, strengthening, delivering up, sustaining, providing, making sure that there is a making it to the end, all right? And a great verse for this, Philippians 1.6, it says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. 
that he who began a good work in you will. Hearing it? It is not that he who began a good work in you may. Everybody say, not that. Absolute guarantee. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Fact. He does sustain. He does guarantee. He does provide. There is security in him. And how is he presenting us up? Look what it says right after it. Guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Guiltless. And that's a huge word. Guiltless. No condemnation. No blame. Without accusation. Above reproach. That's how he's delivering us up. How can it be? I'm not like that. I'm making mistakes. I'm making sin. I'm... If we trust in Jesus Christ, he has declared us legally righteous. This one is righteous. Do not make a mockery of his declaration. He will deliver you up. Now in process, walking you along and growing you. But we're not perfect this side of heaven. Glad you brought it up. 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 51. How does it get resolved? Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. When Jesus Christ is returning on white horse, tattoo on thigh, sword in mouth, massive numbers coming with him to see him reign. In that moment, the trumpet blasts, the angels shout out, and it says, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. There is a moment of change in the twinkling of an eye where we, wherever we're at in our progression, in that moment, when the presence of Christ comes in, if you trust in him, if you trust in him, bam! And in that moment, perfect. Body changed. Soul shucked of sin and flesh. And it's on with worshiping Christ for eternity and perfection. I am telling you, there is perfection coming and he is guaranteeing sustaining of every single one who believes in the name of Jesus Christ. Hope. This is what we have in him. Lord of my life. Lord of my eternity. God is faithful, it says. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Called into having a relationship with Jesus Christ for all of eternity. Fellowship, this is that Greek word koinonia. You're hanging out with Christ forever. That's what he's saying. You and God Almighty for eternity May he be glorified. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord of all. Us with him. And, uh, and I'm telling you, it is easy to get distracted in this world. It is easy to hear stuff going on or struggle in the sin taking place and hurt deeply. And uh, this past week, we were in uh, Tennessee We went down to be able to see John's brother. It was his birthday on Thursday, and we went down there to see him, and uh, he's got cancer, and he's 47 years old, and it's getting worse. 
and all of a sudden it changed two weeks ago, and it's now uh, brain cancer, lung cancer, liver cancer, spine cancer. It's going nuts. And so we went down to see him, tried to get some time with him um, as the days seemed to be coming short, and the radiation just wiped him out. We had a birthday party for him for all of eight minutes or whatever it was. It was very hard for him to kind of stay upright, and he was pretty much out the whole time. There were tears. There was hurt. There's a lot of decisions to be made. There's heartache. Hear me. Not one of the things that we just talked about is untrue anymore. Jesus Christ establishes. He enriches. And he ensures. And Jeff is trusting in Christ as Savior and he's got eternity guaranteed. And we know that this dumb, broken world, which by the way, we broke, thank you, with our sin, right? This broken world and all the pain it brings, do not get distracted away from your Savior, Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. That's our call. So here's what I'm going to ask. Some of us are carrying some heavy stuff here today. So I'm just going to ask worship team to go ahead and come on up. And we're just going to take a little time in prayer. Time for us to reflect on our God who is awesome, who does have it in hand. Time for us to worship him. Let's just go to prayer here. Heavenly Father, you know what's going on in each and every heart in this place. Lord, you know the struggles, you know the pain, you know the heartache. Lord, may we embrace you as Lord of all. He is the God who establishes. He adopts, he calls, he declares over you. Man, worship your king who has you in hand. Just spend some time thanking him and praising him and worshiping him. You might be here this morning and you are carrying a load. It is devastating. It is distracting. It hurts. And come before your king who is Lord of the universe and hand it to him. Just holding your hands out if you need to. Just, Lord, I'm giving this to you. I'm trusting you now. There may be a fix in this world that God chooses to go after. There may be something in eternity that he's going after. Lord, I'm ready to grow to be more like you. Lord, I'm ready for your glory to be shown off no matter what. Your will, your will be done. I'm handing this to you and I'm trusting in you. The God who establishes, the God who enriches, and the God who ensures eternal life.
and hand it over to him. What needs to go? Let's go back to worship. Lord, you are Lord of all. Jesus Christ, King of the universe, Redeemer, Sustainer, Provider. You are the one who establishes and enriches and ensures. We wait for your glorious return. And this earth being righted, pain being done, and your kingdom being on. Worship him right now. Lord, we have nothing without you. We have everything with you. We are in awe. We just pray now that in this place, Father, there would be an amazing awareness of your manifest presence. Blow us away with the grandeur and glory of your spirit. Lord, we choose to follow you. Yes, you're doing a work. You are calling. You are drawing. And yes, we are responding we have decided to follow you and celebrate you and make much of you. Nothing else is needed but you. You are enough. We worship you, Jesus Christ. It's in your mighty, powerful, glorious, redeeming name I pray these things. And all of God's people said.